Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. Hey, in today's witnessing uh, session, we are going to be talking to, actually, I'm going to be talking to a lady, you're going to be listening, who is into witchcraft. And as I normally do, when someone brings up a particular sin at the beginning of a witnessing conversation, I don't dive right into it. I don't start attacking whatever it is they're talking about. I just listen, listen for a long time. And then I will get into um, whatever the main issue seems to be. But I wanted to just give you a verse, kind of like the main verse, talking about witchcraft, just so you can understand what the issue is when this subject comes up. It's really interesting. My pastor, Chris Mueller, he told me once, a long time ago, he just kind of in passing said that he really believed that witchcraft was going to make a big comeback. And lo and behold, uh, he is not an official prophet, but I have seen that happening more and more. I'll be talking to people and they will either be interested in witchcraft or they will be practicing witchcraft. And I sometimes wonder if just like all the Harry Potter stuff and the fantasy stuff that was really popular, you know, 10 years ago is, is just kind of put some seeds into the minds of a lot of people that witchcraft is cool. Something as basic as that. And then, you know, now years later, it's something that people are open to a little more than ever. And then on top of that, you just have the issue of so many people making statements like, well, I'm not a Christian, but I'm spiritual. Or I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. And that desire to be set apart from anything that has anything to do with the idea of organization or somebody telling you what to do or, or anything that's kind of traditional church stuff, people have rejected that. And yet this witchcraft thing, it's something that people can do on their own. It's something with no one telling them what to do. So I think it's just attractive and it fits into that category of whatever people mean by I'm spiritual. So witchcraft is kind of a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's out there now. It's, it's, it's back. I don't think it ever left, but at least in the people I talk to, I, I definitely have seen more and more people talking about witchcraft. So in Deuteronomy 18, beginning at verse 9, it reads, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, or one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. So again, that is Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And it's interesting, in the middle of that section there, it really covers every different aspect of what could be called witchcraft divination, omens, a sorcerer, a medium. And and even today, these are terms that are still used. 
You know, you'll you'll see uh, people claiming to tell your fortune, and they call themselves mediums. Um, and you hear about spiritists and all these different things. So this is the section again where witchcraft is clearly forbidden. I've actually run into people who claim to be Christians, and they claim to use witchcraft as a way to kind of enhance their Christianity. And yet this here clearly says that the God who is over Christianity forbids any kind of witchcraft. So this is a verse you want to uh, have on hand when you're out there talking to people. All right, so set the stage here. I'm out witnessing and I am using a gospel track to get into a conversation as I usually do. Let's see what happened. So that's a, a million dollar bill on the back's the million dollar question. The million dollar question is what do you think happens after you die? I'm a, I'm a believer in spirituality. So I think that our um, earthly bodies are just kind of like a host for our souls. So I feel like when we die, our bodies just stay there and then our soul continues to their next part of life. When you say uh, spirituality, that could mean a lot of different things, right? So for you specifically, um, when a body dies and you says it goes on, what, what does that look like? So I just think that, you know, we're all meant to... We all have a purpose, and I feel like our purpose is changes depending on the earthly body that we're in. So I feel like once you complete that purpose, you move on to the next one in the next body or physical being that you need to be in. So is this reincarnation? It could be. I guess, yeah, it could be. Would you say this isn't something that you learned from a specific religion? This is like your, your own version of, of some form of reincarnation that you feel is right? I feel like I've been, um, I've seen and I've heard from a lot of different religions. Um, and I feel like you can take bits and pieces from each one and kind of make your own kind of thing. I grew up being Catholic but I'm no longer Catholic. I went to a Christian school, so I also had, you know, like, I was able to see what that was like, but I feel like none of them really, like, spoke to me, so I just kind of like to believe in something just higher up than me, and that's just basically what I believe in. Okay, very interesting. This woman um, just comes right and says... What so many people practicing their own religion don't really uh, think of a whole lot, but she basically is saying, I am making up my own religion based on what I like. Whatever seems right to me, that's what I'm going to do. So if I'm going to pull out a little bit of reincarnation and mix it in with a little bit of this over here and that over there, I'm just going to do it. And it's so interesting that people will do that without having any kind of thought about whether that is true or not. People don't care about truth anymore, by and large. And a reason for that is simply because over the years, schools have taught that relativism is really what matters. You go into a philosophy class, you go into a world religion class, and you're going to be taught whatever you think is right for you, that's the right thing to do. And there really is no teaching, at least in the secular world, of the issue of truth. Truth is whatever you want it to be. And so we shouldn't be surprised when we hear someone saying something that seems so clearly wrong from a biblical point of view, and yet in their worldview, 
there's nothing wrong with it. This is just kind of the, the way it is. So she's basically saying, I am making up my own religion as I go along. So let's keep listening. Okay. So believing in what you feel is right for you and, and believing what you want to believe in is that's what matters. I think so. Yeah. Like whatever makes you comfortable, whatever makes you happy. I feel like that is what you should believe in. I talked to a lot of people with a lot of different upbringings, you know, um, you said that at one point you were Catholic and then you went to a Christian school. What was it, do you think, that got you either off the path of Catholicism, Christianity, or what, what was it that got you on the path of where you're at now? Was there, was there an event that happened? Was it just at some point you, you just kind of thought, you know, I got to figure this out? Or like what, what, what brought you there? Okay, I like to ask this kind of question because more often than not, the answer is going to be, based on some emotional thing, some personal experience. It's not going to be based on, well, as I studied the Greek and the Hebrew, I found that um, it didn't you know, line up, or it's, it's, it's not going to have anything to do with truth. It's going to have something to do with, um, I didn't feel this was right with me, or there was a pastor and he was bad, and so based on him, I just threw out the whole thing. It's, it's usually, not all the time, but usually it's going to have something to do, basically, I didn't like it. Not whether or not it was true, it's I just didn't like it. So let's see what's going on here. I feel like when I would go to places like that, it, I mean, there's like this sense of community amongst everybody. Places like that meaning uh, the church. But I feel like it was only, at least the places where I was going, it was only, it, it started and it stopped there. And it really didn't transfer, at least in my, um, what I experienced, it didn't really transfer out of that situation. And I didn't want that. I wanted something that um, I could, you know, practice throughout, like, in every aspect of my life. Okay, that is actually a real thing that people experience. Basically, what she's saying is, I went to church, but outside of the church, these same people who were going to my church... They didn't live according to what they claim they believe. They didn't live according to the Bible. Yeah, they were really religious and they were really good. They were singing, they were worshiping, whatever, inside of church. But the minute they left church, it was just worldly business as usual. I'll never forget when I was a kid, we were going to a Catholic church. One time outside of the Catholic church, right in the parking lot, there was this one guy and he was just racing to get out and he was just so like angry at other people trying to get in front of him and it was it was kind of funny it was like you know going shopping on uh black friday or something this guy was just trying to get out and and i, I just remember thinking didn't that was that guy just in church like singing <laughs> it's kind of funny um but the reality is there are plenty of people in church who just go there for some kind of religious experience. They go to check in and do their time or whatever it is they think that they are doing in a religious sense. But outside of church, they're no different. And and this could be at the best kind of church, the most biblical church. There are people like this. Either they're just visiting and they don't know what the Bible says about being mean or They've been there for a long time, and they're hypocrites. They're practicing false religion, whatever it is. So it's not necessarily the mark of a bad church, although there definitely are churches where everyone in the congregation, they're not learning the Bible. They're, not, they're basically being 
taught to do whatever you want to do. And so that's a different situation. But this is definitely a bad example. This is a bad witness. But logically, this does not translate into a reason for Christianity to not be true. The Bible itself talks about hypocrites. Jesus Christ himself talked a lot about false believers, false teachers, people who were great looking on the outside, but on the inside, they were false. They were, they were dead in, inside, right? So if you read the Bible itself, it actually talks about this kind of thing, religious people who are faking it. So this in and of itself is not a logical reason to leave Christianity. But if a person doesn't know the Bible and, and they're not following Jesus Christ himself, but you know other stuff, maybe their family, maybe their tradition, whatever, this is definitely a reason that a lot of people use to excuse themselves from following Jesus Christ. So anyway, she didn't like the people at her church, so she uh, she split. And then I started getting into like a lot of like um, like astrology and stuff like that. So it was just kind of went hand in hand of like, I do believe in a higher power, but it's not necessarily what people put out to be. Like, for example, like Jesus, like it doesn't have a, a face to me. It doesn't have a face. It's just I know that there's something bigger out there. That's something out there. Would you say you know exactly what it is? or I don't. I don't. But, um, I mean, I hope that there is something out there, you know. But I don't, I don't really, I can't specifically say what it is. Like, for example, somebody that is religious, they can say, oh, it's Jesus or it's this or it's God. It's like the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. You said that the thing you didn't like about church, the church setting, was that you couldn't practice what you were doing inside the church on the outside of the church. What, what did you mean by that? Why couldn't you be a Christian, like, not just on Sunday? Okay, so, well, one thing that I saw a lot was the whole, like, it sounds so bad to say, but, like, hypocrisy, where everybody was so nice to each other while you were in the church, and then you would see those same people outside of that church setting, and they were, like, completely different people. And I just didn't want to be associated with things like that because, you know, it's stereo there is stereotypes so people if they as soon as they see you doing something like that they automatically assume that you're that as well and i just didn't want to be a part of any of that yeah and i don't want to be a part of that either in galatians chapter 6 christians are actually told that if you see another christian sinning if you see him in a trespass you're supposed to go to them and in a nice way call them out talk to them about it ask them what's going on. Christians are supposed to help each other out just in the same way where if you had a brother in like your real life family and your brother got into drugs or something you knew was wrong, if you're a good brother, you're going to go to your brother and talk to them about it and try to do whatever you can to help them out of that. And Christians are called to do the same thing when it comes to seeing other Christians involved in sin. Right? So we don't run away from the other Christians who we see sinning. We run to them in gentleness. We talk to them. We help them. We, we try to uh, help them get away from that sin. You know, S Sin is something that entangles you. And when you see a brother sinning, you want to help him get untangled. In the uh, belief that you practice now, 
do you have other people that you do this with, like a, a fellowship t- type of thing? I don't. It's just like more of like myself and just like being happy with myself and doing what makes me uh, what makes me comfortable. But my friends do have the same mindset as me. They um, be- they believe we we can agree on a lot of the aspects, but mostly it's just doing it like by myself. Okay. I think you said that what's important is what feels right to you and what what makes you feel good and, and what, what you like to do. Do you believe that there's anything called truth? That there's, that there's anything that is actually real, that stays real and stays true, whether we like it or not, whether we, whether we believe in it or not? You know, because what you're kind of describing, what you're basically saying is you're making up your own truth. Yeah. Um, So this is where, and we've had discussions like this with my friends, and it's where, like, it kind of, like, it's hard to have these two ideas and kind of, like, the same, and agree on the same thing. Um, So I went to college, I was a science major. So that made me, you know, if I don't have proof, I cannot believe in it. Because, you know, the creation of Earth and everything, there's proof behind it with science. Because I did go to a Christian school, the professors would always do a disclaimer, like, this is what we have to teach you because it's part of the curriculum. But as a religious institution, this is what we believe. So it's like, it's always been like an internal struggle within myself of like trying to find uh, something that's definitive and something that can agree with each other in those two aspects. Like, there's no proof that there's something higher up there, but that's something I want to believe because it kind of grounds me. But at the same time, like, I'm a strict believer. If, like, you can't show me proof, then I can't believe it. So it's just a little, it's, it's weird. So you got an internal struggle there. You got a dilemma. On the one hand, your, your, your mind, you like the evidence factor. And yet, what you're putting your faith in, there is no evidence. Yes, exactly. I love to point that out. I love to point out when people are going against what they claim to believe. So um, astrology is just part of witchcraft it's looking for sign it's like a a divination this is the more scientific sounding kind of witchcraft to where you know you're thinking of stars as opposed to like black cats so it comes off as sounding a little bit more intellectual but it's basically the same stuff where they're just looking at signs and trying to figure out different things whether it be the future whether it be how do the stars relate to me and what does this mean about me and just looking for meaning in something outside of ourselves. Astrology comes under the the banner of witchcraft, but the issue of trying to help her to see that she doesn't exactly believe what she claims to believe, and that is, you know, she just explained it herself that she has a very scientific, evidential kind of mind, and yet she's drawn to this other thing Um, And she understands that there is an inner conflict there. I remember years ago, I was open air preaching and this man comes up to me and he starts, you know, saying there is no God, there is no heaven, there is no spirits and on and on and on. And he's basically just ridiculing me. And so I ask him, what is it that you believe? And he starts telling me all about his Buddhism and all about his reincarnation. And it just struck me really funny that here's a guy who who was claiming to be super scientific and laughing at anything that the bible says having to do with the spirit world and yet this guy believes that when he dies he is going to 
come back as some other thing, um, an animal, a person, and eventually become a spirit. And it's just so funny to see when people mock you for the same thing that they believe, and yet their hatred for Christianity is so real that they don't even see it. They're blind to their own ridiculousness when it comes to the things they believe. You know, there's nothing, absolutely nothing scientific about reincarnation. And often people were presented as that. And this is very popular also in the new age where these, these new age people will talk about there is a vortex somewhere in the world where this spiritual information or this place where you can go where you're in tune with the higher power, whatever, and there's these actual physical lo- locations. I think there's like one in Hawaii and there's there's different places in the world where you go and you get into this alleged vortex, spiritual vortex thing, and they, they talk about it in terms of like really scientific, but again, it's, it's like there's nothing there. It's not a scientific thing. Anyway, so people are believing their worldviews by faith when you see a, a inconsistency there, it's good to point it out. Okay, well, that's, that's really interesting, and that's very honest, you know? A lot of people don't like to uh, admit things like that. But faith, any kind of faith, I believe there's going to be a point where you're trusting in something that you can't totally explain. Right. So, so, so as a Christian who, myself, I do love science. I, I, I believe in proof and evidence and the scientific me- method. I would say based on what I've seen, I can look at the world and look at the Bible and and see that they go hand in hand. That can be a consistent thing. Yet there's there's always going to be times when we got to just trust, you know, because 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 even even the even the smartest scientists, they don't know everything. Even guys like Richard Dawkins, they make statements all the time that make absolutely no sense when you look at it from a rational point of view. Let me ask you this. Would you say that your belief system is making you uh, content with life? Are, are you like a satisfied person who, who can, can think of your, your uh, I guess we'll just call it religion, and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really fulfilled. This is a satisfying thing to me. Now, not that this is the end all of uh, Christianity, not, not that this necessarily matters that you're fulfilled and and content you know you could be a christian living by faith and you just got into a car wreck or you just found out you had cancer or you know on and on and on so so being sad or or not being totally having a feeling of fulfillment all the time isn't necessarily the end goal but this is just a question i like to ask people you know this this thing that you're doing this faith that you have How's it working out for you? So, so again, this isn't the, the end goal that the, the reason you need to get right with God is so you can feel better or feel content. This is just a question I like to ask people. You know, it's, it's just an interesting thing to me. I feel like it is. Like, bottom line for me, it's as long as you go through life doing no harm and, you know, trying to help out and just putting positive energy out there into the world, that's really all that matters. Who uh, determines what kind of energy is positive and what kind of energy is, is negative? That would differentiate on each person. And I feel like if you want to be happy with yourself, you just have to trust yourself and do what you feel is best and do 
what the best that you can basically and nobody's ever going to be happy completely happy with your actions everybody's going to nitpick things or something that you think is not going to someone's not going to agree with it so it's just basically for yourself positive energy that's what matters and so when people make statements like this um, they, they kind of come down to you do what is good that's what she's saying you do what's good now, when someone says that we need to do what's good and they're not a Christian and they reject Christianity, I like to ask the question, what does it mean to be good? What does that even mean? And this is one of the ways that you could show a person that their worldview just kind of makes no sense. There is one God. He determines what good is, period. People don't like that. If you're an unbeliever and you just heard me say that, you probably don't like that, but the alternative view is basically we get to make up what we think is good. Every person gets to make up what they believe is good. And that is something nobody believes when you really start pressing people on it, when you get right down to it. Because if that's true, if it's true that we get to make up what is good, well, then that also goes for the child molester and the arson and the bank robber who's stealing the money out of your account, not just the bank, the, the, the vague bank way over there on the other side of the world, but your money. People like to say what good is until someone else doing their version of good affects them. Yeah, if, if there's a person who thinks it's good for them to have as many sexual experiences as they want with whoever they want, and they believe that having sex with your wife and doing it by force is good for them, well, that kind of destroys the whole notion that everyone should be allowed to make up their own version of good. And so I like to, uh, you know, gently press that point. If you are making up your own version of good, that, that, just, that just doesn't make sense. So I'm going to hit you with another dilemma. And, and, and based on what you've said, I'm sure you've already thought of this before. But you, you just said that every person basically has a right to do what makes them feel happy. And yet, would we allow that same thing for, let's say, Adolf Hitler? Making him happy caused a whole lot of trouble for other people. And even today, we could meet sociopaths who making them happy means something that puts us in danger. You know, you got child molesters, their, their joy comes from something that the rest of us would say, no, that's absolutely wrong. You know, with all these things, there's there's always some kind of dilemma. So have you thought about that, like the, the, the happiness? And how do you reconcile that one? I mean, from my perspective, I obviously I don't I'm not in the heads of all these other people. I mean, I did study psychology as well. So I know that a lot of the times, you know, like it has to do with like psychopaths, sociopaths, like all of these different um, illnesses or conditions. Um, and then for myself it's more like I've never been able to put myself in that situation or in that mindset because I don't have those issues isn't that crazy so she's basically saying well if all these people are doing these things that are wrong well it must be some kind of medical condition so Adolf Hitler yeah what he did was bad but it must have been because he had some kind of condition we we don't understand him and Man, I can't imagine how many lives that kind of thinking has destroyed simply because instead of being people being punished, 
in a lot of instances for for crimes they've done and for basically being reprimanded for sins they've done these same people have just been told well you got some medical condition and here's this medicine or here's this therapy and you know it, it's not really wrong what you're doing it's it's just a condition man that kind of thinking um just destroys so much we need to be able to call sin sin because that's what it is so it's kind of like yeah you are correct like sometimes you i do block myself off from that side and just think about because in my mind i would never want to harm anybody and i feel like sometimes it's so easy for me to believe that the way that i think that way everybody else does as well Mm -hmm. i'm curious um you 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 have a a christian background in, in in some form could you tell me what is the Christian message? Like, what, what is the gospel, at least your understanding of it, from what you remember of it? Um, and just, just like the, the basic points, what, you know, what would a person need to do or believe in order, you know, just very basic, in order for a person to, to go to heaven when they die? So this is a, a very easy way to get the gospel into a conversation when you're talking to someone who claims they used to go to church or used to be a Christian, you just ask them, what did that mean? What was the gospel from what you remember? I like to do that with people who say that they used to be a Christian or used to have some kind of religious background, church background. Basically just like live on a path of good, um, spread the message of the gospel. That was my main take from it. It was like very important to spread the message And if you were conscious about the message that the gospel was giving to live by it and to because there's a lot of of things too where it's like, well, what about the people that never heard the gospel? Like if they don't live by it, how how is it that they are guaranteed a spot in heaven or anything like that? And it was more like that was the purpose of you knowing the gospel to spread it along those people that have never heard it. Okay, what I'd like to do um, just in in a very short amount of time. (laughs) is just give you my understanding of, of what the gospel is. Because what, what, you, what you said, I would say from just straight from the Bible, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the quickest way for me to do this is just to ask you some questions. Okay. By you answering, it just, it just speeds it up okay. and it makes it very clear, okay? All right, so I'm about to take her through the good person test. But isn't it interesting that her take on the gospel was basically you know the gospel and you spread the message and then you, you try to live by it. Isn't that interesting? No, no um, mention of the reason why the message even matters, you know? And, and I just wonder how many people have gone to church, they've heard Jesus loves you, or they've heard Jesus died on the cross, and we're supposed to believe in that, but they have no idea why. And for a person like that, of course it wouldn't make sense that there's people on the other side of the world who haven't heard the gospel and they're going to be punished simply because they they haven't heard this piece of information. And if a person doesn't understand why the message is important, why the gospel is important, then of course they're going to have questions like that. It's not going to make sense. And man, so many people have spent a lot of time in church, even in Christian schools, and they have no idea why Jesus died on the cross. They might have some little quick answer that they might have answered on a Christian school test or something like that, but they really have no concept of the fact that every man and woman is a sinner, an enemy of God, and they are in desperate need of a Savior. And without that, 
information without that reality, the rest of it just, it doesn't make sense. So it's easy to dismiss and say, oh yeah, I'm going to just going to like look to the stars for my answers. All right. So we're going to take her through the uh, good person test now. So let me ask you this. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? I think I would consider myself a good person. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions. We're going to find out if that's true. Are you tell me I'm not a good person? <laughs> Why well, don't know. You're going you're gonna to judge yourself. Okay. okay. How, many lies, how many lies do you think you've told in your whole life? Oh, I've told a lot of lies in my life. What do you call someone who tells a lot of lies? A liar. Have you ever stolen anything? I think I have, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what do you call someone who steals things? A thief. Okay. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Use God's name as a cuss word? Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks for your honesty. Um, that's called a blasphemy, right? Taking the name of our creator and uh, yeah. disrespecting it. Um, have you ever looked at someone with lust? Yeah. Okay. So Jesus said, you know, you're not supposed to commit adultery, but I say to you, if you've looked at someone with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. And then last one, have you ever uh, murdered anyone? No. Well, that's good, especially since I'm talking to you. <laughs> Jesus actually said, um, you know you're not supposed to murder anyone, but I say to you, if you've been angry at your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Have you ever been angry at anyone? Yeah. Okay. So I can't judge you. You know, th those are the Ten Commandments we just looked at, right? We shall not lie. You shall not say, you're, you're familiar with them. And you're guilty of five of them. We haven't yeah. looked at all of them, okay? So if, if God was to judge you based on his law, mm -hmm. and he was to see you as what you've just admitted to being a, a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterous, yeah. murderer at heart, right? Would God find you uh, innocent or guilty? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's all or nothing with him or if it's based on a spectrum. So I, I wouldn't know, you know, like something they say, well, it's uh, a white lie or it's this yeah. or it's that so it's just it's hard i mean if you want a black and white answer it'd be no 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 i'm not a good person because yeah. i've done all of those things yeah okay so that is what the bible teaches but that's not all it teaches so the answer is yes all all of us are guilty okay you're not the only person there's not a person in this crowded block right here who hasn't broken the Ten Commandments, right. probably, probably all of them, right? So that, that's the bad news. The bad news is that all of us, before a holy God, we're guilty and we, we deserve to be punished. Not because God's bad, not because his Bible's bad, it's because it's we're bad. We're, we're the, the ones who have sinned, okay? Exactly. The Bible actually says that we, we are in a fallen nature. You, you, you brought up the thing about, you know, what about the people, the natives who have never heard the gospel before? Well, according to the Bible, they're the same as us. They're sinners before a holy God. So people don't go to hell because of something they haven't heard. They, they go to hell because of their sin, right? right? So God is here to take that away from us. Well, the gospel is, is not the problem. It's, it's the solution, right? Let me ask you this. Based on what we've just looked at, the Ten Commandments, knowing that from that perspective, you stand guilty before God, does it concern you at all that if God was to judge you, he would find you as a uh, guilty I don't think so it's just like for me I feel like if I was really to be judged and I was guilty of something there would be a heaviness in my heart and I don't feel that so I feel like if I don't feel that heaviness and I know it, it might sound bad but if I don't feel that heaviness and I can't judge myself as a bad person then I shouldn't let anybody judge me as a bad person
Interesting. So if I don't feel guilty, that means I'm doing fine. And this is America today in so many different ways. People are going through life and their life looks pretty good to them. They're doing fine as far as they're concerned. And this is why it's just important to uh, strive with people and to lay out the Ten Commandments in front of them and show them the seriousness of God. Sure, from her point of view, she's doing fine. She's a good person. From God's point of view, from the one who is holy and perfect and righteous, none of us are, are good enough. None of us deserve eternal life. Yeah, it's very, very honest. Do you think that if God does exist, that our opinion matters? That's a very hard, straightforward way to say it. But in the, in the same sense, you know, let's, let's say me setting up the sign here was breaking some kind of city code. And a police officer came over and said, excuse me, sir, you need to get this thing out of here. And if I was to say to the officer, you know what, I really feel like it should be there right now. Well, my opinion, I might believe in that opinion with all my heart, but basically the guy who, who enforces the law, right. he's the only one who really matters. That makes sense? Yeah. And, but here's the thing, like that city law is actually a city law, right? You can see it. And yeah, like you said, um, in the gospel, it's, it's God's law. But again, we go back to like, it's, is it really factual according to everybody? It's factual according to people who believe in that religion, but it's not really factual to everybody else. So again, now she's going back to the, the factual issue. And yet this is a person who's into astrology. I understand what you're saying, yeah. but I feel like it differentiates a little bit. Yeah, no, I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying. One of, one of the ways that we can see that it is something that is factual is the Bible says that the, the law of God is written on our heart. So like even though people, even though there's lots of people who've never read the Bible or been to church or anything like that, they understand that lying is wrong. They understand that stealing is wrong. So our own conscience bears witness that, that you know, like you were saying, there, there's something above and beyond us. And even though not just you, but I would say most people, including myself, we would rather make up our own rules and follow our own path than have anyone else tell us what to do. That, that would be our mother, father, the cops, God, whoever, you know? So, so in that sense, it is worth at least thinking about, you know, just to finish this up so I don't, I don't leave this on a totally negative note. <laughs> According to the Bible, as you probably know, because of our sin, we deserve to be punished and our opinion doesn't matter. Our, our view of ourself doesn't matter. The Bible actually says that we're self-deceived, that we think we're better than we are, you know? If we were to go to a prison and start interviewing guys, hey, are you a good person? Yeah, I'm great. I, you know, this guy next to me, he robbed five banks. I only robbed one, you know? And so we grade ourselves on our own curve. That's the bad news. We, we deserve to be punished. The good news is that in spite of our sin, in spite of our own deceiving ourselves and telling ourselves that we're better than we are, in spite of all that, God is merciful and he's provided a way for us to be rescued from the punishment we deserve, okay? 2,000 years ago, and you probably know this part, 2,000 years ago, God paid the price for our sin. We, we're the ones who should be punished, but Jesus Christ, who was God in human flesh, he took on the sin of all those who will believe in him. So what, tell me your name again. Sitlali. What is it? Sitlali. Okay, that's the first time I've ever heard that. So you and I have something in common. Both of us deserve 
to be punished. We, we deserve that. God, out of his great love, he's provided a way for, for both of us to be, be rescued from that. Okay? Our, our problem when we stand before God is that we don't have enough righteousness to enter into heaven. When Jesus died on the cross, he offered us his righteousness. When we put our faith in him and not just in our own idea of what might happen, you know, instead of putting our faith in a maybe, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, then his righteousness is given to us by faith, right? And so that, that's what the gospel is. It's the good news. It's not that we have to try to be good. It's that we, we understand that we're not good. We, we could never be good enough. You might be a lot better than me in a lot of ways, but, but none of us are good enough to enter into heaven, to, to deserve that, okay? And so that's, that's what the gospel is for us to turn from our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. It does. You know, I cannot change anyone's mind, and, and that's not what I'm here for. But what I, what I really appreciate about you is that you're willing to listen. And we, we live in a world where there's a lot of arguing and fighting going on. And I think conversations like this are, are just the way human beings should act, you yeah, know? I'll tell you this. I totally, absolutely disagree with what you believe, okay? Yeah. But I respect you as a human being. You're a person who was created in the image of God. You have a lot of value just based on that, you know? I'll tell you this. Um, we don't have to go through life wondering if, if, if there's a God or wondering what this next phase is or, you know, it, can I be good enough to get reincarnated into something good? Like when you, when you get reincarnated, do you ever wonder, am I going to be like a, a really good philanthropist or am I going to be like a dirtbag? Right. You know, so we, we don't have to wonder about that. It's not a question of us asking ourselves, have we been good enough? Because the answer is no. That's why we need a savior. Jesus Christ, he, he's been good for us. Yeah. That's the issue. No, yeah. And I mean, I've heard all of this before. I mean, like I said, like I went to a Christian university. Yeah. My best friend, her both her parents are pastors. So I'm around this a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I know where it's coming from. And I love that, you know, like that's something that, that people believe in. I do like, I, I like listening to their stories and I like listening to just like that faith and that hope that you have because it does make anybody's day better to listen that you have hope for something bigger for your, than yourself. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Let me, let me give you a... Let me give you a booklet that talks more about what I just talked to you about. I always try to leave a more in-depth booklet with people who gave me the time of day to listen to me, uh, a gospel track from Living Waters like Why Christianity, you know, something like that, a little more substance. So I hope that conversation encouraged you. I hope you will take a chance this week even. Get out there and talk to someone you don't know and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead, do it. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a good review on iTunes. This is the best way for others to notice Romans Road and give it a listen. The more Christians listening and learning how to evangelize, the more we glorify the Lord. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com.
romansroad.com. Thanks for listening to Romans Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.